Ciao and welcome to 15 with Fosca, the podcast where we talk about Italy, all things Italian, and taking the leap to make your dream of building a life for yourself in Italy or in the U.S. a reality. Sometimes it'll just be me responding to your questions or talking about topics that are of interest to Italy lovers in general, but often I will be hosting special guests who will work with me through the intricacies of Italian culture, share their stories, and discuss the challenges and triumphs that have accompanied them on their paths to Italy. Since I'm also your U.S. insider in Italy, we'll be talking about how Italians can best prepare for their academic and cultural journeys to my home country. So thank you for tuning in to Ask Fosca's 15 with Fosca. Cominciamo. Buongiorno mondo. I could not be more thrilled to have Lee Biddlecombe as my guest on today's episode of 15 with Fosca, the podcast. I'll introduce you formally in just a few minutes, Lee, but I wanted to give those listening some background on our story. The pandemic actually brought us closer together and served both as catalyst and uniting force in our relationship. But let's go back to when we first met when you studied here in Florence as a Stanford undergrad. You were one of several former students with whom I've stayed in touch over the years, and I'm so grateful for these friendships. Our contact was obviously a bit more frequent and closer because you spent significant amount of times in Europe. So I always had a vague notion of where you were geographically and also in terms of your greater path. And then you came back to Italy. I went back and looked at our WhatsApp WhatsApp chats and saw that we reconnected in late October 2021. Stanford and Florence was back in session. And then just about a year ago, our relationship really began to take a turn. We were both at a crossroads and began to talk about our writing, our work, and our lives. Our conversations were always honest and energizing, and we never seemed to find enough time to talk about everything we wanted to discuss. Suddenly, you, a mentee, a former student, became both mentor and teacher to me. Over the course of the past year, you have become an important sounding board for me, and I love the fact that our relationship, which is fueled by creativity, empathy, and deep mutual respect, has grown into a sincere friendship, strengthened by our love for Italy, and grounded in our shared desire to serve as cultural mediators or vehicles of Italian culture. Now for your official bio. Lee is a translator, writer, and curator based in Italy. She grew up in the American Northeast and Midwest and is called London, Lyon, Montreal, and Naples home. In her curatorial work, she brings interdisciplinary creations, particularly dance, music, and visual arts into heritage spaces and helps provide cross-cultural translation between artists, cultural institutions, and the public. She is passionate about acting as a linguistic and cultural bridge between Francophone, Italian, and Anglophone performance spheres. She recently completed an EU-funded Master's in Heritage Studies at the School for Advanced Studies in the Social Sciences, Paris. In her client work, she has consulted for international and education-focused social enterprises and with Californian and European food and wine clients. Published translations include French-to-English exhibition catalogs and Italian-to-English commercial work. She has also served as a live Italian-English interpreter. As of January 2023, she is a visiting editor and curator for the UK-based charity think tank Perspectiva. I also want to add one more final thing to Lee's um, bio, and then we'll start our Q&A. But she was also recently granted the much-coveted and rarely-issued visa for freelance work in Italy. So I hope that you will talk a little bit about with us, um, since uh, during a recent aperitivo, you suggested that I make all my guests um, talk about their Questura horror story. So since it was your idea, I think we could start with that. And then we'll move right into our Q&A for today. How does that sound? Thank you, Foscal. You're welcome. I'm 
I'm really excited to get to talk to you in a in a context that's a little different than our normal conversations, but hopefully with just as much energy. Um, yeah, so the Questura story, <laughs> we all have one. Anyone that's come to Italy has a Questura story, and who at least or who would, anyone who's come and wanted to stay. Mine involved a lot of back and forth. I finally found a woman there that kind of took me under her wing, helped me with the process insofar as she's allowed to as an official. And I flew back to the U.S. in April, just last month, and managed to get this visa, and it's currently being converted into a permesso di soggiorno. So I feel really grateful because it's this freelance visa which allows you to work under basically any Italian company as a contractor. And it just provides a lot of opportunities that otherwise someone coming in without that wouldn't necessarily have access to. Exactly. And you're like, maybe, I don't know if you said you were the first person ever. She had never seen anyone in Florence present this re yeah. this request for this sort of visa. She said she'd had five requests in 20 years of working there. <laughs> Which is absolutely amazing. But I think it's partially because it's really hard to get uh, all the documents that you need in order to make it go through. It's also because some people don't know how to do it. I think you have to have a certain level of Italian in order to manage the process. Absolutely. Or you need someone helping you every yeah. step of the way. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. And also because they only give out 500 a year in the world. So that's why not that many people ask for them. Okay. So tell me about the work you're doing right now. Okay. So it's a mix. I have a few days a week that I'm working for this UK-based organization. Mm -hmm. And I do online events for them. I edit their work that goes online, essays. I'm working a bit in their publishing house side. And then what I'm doing in Italy is making more and more contacts. Okay. <laughs> so you're networking. So I'm networking a bit like you. Um, but recently, I've just felt like the last few months has been this kind of blossoming of opportunities. I've met people that have an online magazine here that do work related to sort of discovering Italy's treasures that aren't particularly known. I have met some people that are involved in an arts organization that have tur turned a church into an art space for performances and for exhibitions, music, and just slowly, slowly I'm making these inroads into the arts and culture community here in Florence. And so I'm hoping to do more work kind of like as a curator, but also bringing in artists from outside Italy here and trying to make a little bit more of this um, cultural exchange happen, which which sometimes gets lost, I think. Okay. And I guess it's one of my questions for you. It's something we talk about a lot, but how do you see Florence today compared to when you were here as a student, you know, quite a few years ago not like that many sorry no but, 15 that's okay okay so what you know how has the city do you think the city has changed where is it going what does it feel like now I think something that some of our listeners might not know is sort of what is going on culturally mm -hmm. today in Florence it's not only the Uffizi and you know the David there's this sort of interesting um scene so would you like to talk a little more about that yeah, I mean, it's it's changed a lot, and I feel like we're at this tipping point, and it can go in a good direction. It also has the potential of going in a slightly less positive direction. Okay. On the good side, I see a lot of Italians coming back home who are my age, who lived abroad, and are bringing back with them 
this sensibility that is very open and innovative and creative and they're trying to create something new in the place where they were born and from so that's really cool and then I also see a lot of Americans and other Anglos that are coming in that see this as a place of beauty first and foremost always as a place that's really great to raise your kids if you have kids as as a place that has so much around it that's gorgeous that you can go to on the weekend and and a kind of small town sensibility in some way which means you run into people all the time on the street right and that creates a familiarity and a comfort really quickly Mm -hmm. so I, I see that and then just more specifically I've just come across so many new little organizations, new artistic communities, and then there's Manufatura Tabaki, which is the big new development happening. That's sort of, what's well, not a development so much as a, as a refurbishing and repurposing of an old tobacco manufacturing. Right. So, so that's happening as well. Right. Um, so I see that at the same time, I feel a little sad because when I came here as a student, there were all these little bottega, like artisans that were working in this neighborhood where we're recording today. Mm-hmm. And some of those have disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so I think the critical thing right now is for Florence to kind of reckon with how can it be a city for people who are really invested in staying here yeah. longer mm-hmm. and not just for a two-day weekend, yeah. kind of in and out. Exactly. Um, so that's where I feel like the opportunity is. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're absolutely right. I think even the space that we're in right now, um, which is the, called the Conventino, is this repurposed former convent where there's a lot of creative energy, a lot of things going on. And I think that's a, a definite sort of concerted effort to foster this kind of creative community of both locals and you know, this immense influx of um, foreigners coming in, but not for short term to really to stay here. And so Florence is at this interesting crossroads, as you said, it's at this moment, the tipping point, right? So will the city be able to actually do this? And I'm, I'm not sure. But what I see happening is that I do see more of an awareness around it. And so I think that if people recognize the kind of potential that the city has also, for example, to keep some of those artisanal traditions Mm. alive. And so something that I see, and I'd like your opinion on this as well, and then we'll get back to um, to sort of where we are in Florence right now and where we see Florence going. But I guess I'm really interested to hear your read on why, as you said, a lot of your friends who, you know, people your age who are Italians are coming back to Florence to invest in that. But you also mentioned people coming from abroad and saying, you know, yeah, Florence represents beauty and it's a small town and stuff. But why, why else? Why do you think Florence is, is so hot right now, especially, for example, for digital nomads or for people who are relocating even with young children? Like, why Florence? Why not Rome? Why not Milan? Or why not I mean, it's happening, obviously, in other European countries as well. But why is Florence so hot right now? I mean, I think it's always captured the imagination of English, like English-speaking people, like for the last 200 more years. So I think it's always been kind of like subconsciously there in people's imagination as a place that they would want to maybe live in. And now all of a sudden, if there's a possibility of working remotely, you suddenly have this option. Or maybe I could actually live there. And there's... Just specifically for Florence, you know, there is more of an infrastructure that caters towards people that are coming from Northern European countries or from the U.S. You know, there's cafes that have 
workspaces that you mm-hmm. can go to. There's um, there's a lot of sort of like public parks and spaces that are like nice to spend time in. And it's fairly clean as a city, I think, mm-hmm. like all things considered. Yeah. Um, it's a good question, though. I, I wonder sometimes like, yeah, why do people come to Florence? Because I didn't come to Florence because I had a desire to come to Florence. Specifically, I came because my aunt lives here. Right. And so it was a place that I needed to land during the pandemic while I was doing my master's remotely in the last year. So I don't know. That's a good question. And I'm not sure. I think it's partly right now this question of like what what is going to happen to the people that um, that have arrived and are trying to find their way in the place and like what is it that those people are going to create that's going to be new or different? I think that's the really interesting yeah. question. And I think the key, one of the keys is if a lot of these young creatives who are coming to Florence, whether they be coming to study at a place like Polimoda or coming to work at a place like Manifattura Tabacchi, I think it's important that if young Italians are not going to pick up sort of the, the, the great Italian tradition of, for example, I don't know, um, whatever it may be, whether it be, I don't know, gilding, gilding, or, you know, jewelry making or or making straw, you know, the tradition in San Fridiano of making straw chairs or, you know, making hats or silk, a lot of silk work, embroidery, things like that. If young Italians no longer want to do that or, you know, whatever, at least there's this wonderful influx of young creatives coming to study a lot to, you know, study fashion. But to study those techniques and maybe actually, you know, work side by side with these artisans who are, you know, if if they don't find people to keep up the traditions, you know, that's going to just they're just traditions that are going to disappear, which would be a real loss, I think, for for all of us. Right. Yeah. And I think actually that speaks to this larger question of like how attached do we have to be with the nationality of the person who's doing the art. Right. So I, I think I mean, I feel really strongly about the fact that these artisan traditions should be open to anyone who wants to come study seriously under a master. I agree. And, and do it. That's I, like the lady I take my shoes to is Japanese and she has studied how to do beautiful, classical Italian designed leather shoes. Right. Um, and for me, that's like fantastic that I get to go and chat with this Japanese woman when I get my shoes. Right. Every time. And the thing is, I don't understand. It's common, like, for example, thinking of the hospitality industry, right? Thinking about cooks or chefs. It's very typical for, you know, a U.S. chef to absolutely come to Europe to learn under a master, right? Even sometimes, you know, just as an intern, if you will. And so if that tradition, if that world is so open, I don't understand why other things shouldn't also have that same sort of openness. And I think, though, Florence is changing. And if I, I think about how different it was even just... A couple of years ago, and and you and I have talked about this, and I actually am a firm believer, and I'm certainly not the only one, that Florence is definitely experiencing a second renaissance right now. And if the city and, you know, the city's administration plays its cards right, um, Florence could really become another, I mean, it already kind of is, but I think it could become one of the most important cultural centers in the world today. I'm not just talking about Europe. There's a lot going on right now. Yeah. And I was thinking about like some of the friends that I have here. One of them, you know, has Italian heritage, is American and came with his wife and he's a painter and he set up his studio here and he's working from here, is going to artist residencies across Italy and is like said, you know, this is, this is our new life. Like, we're, we're in Italy now. 
And I also met a Belgian woman recently who's doing the art restoration school here. I met a Venezuelan woman who's your generation that has also done that restoration school and has stayed. So there's a lot of people that come here for the art and the art training and then decide, actually, this is the place I want to stay. It's not just a place where I'm right. learning the trade or right. um, practice. Grazie, as always, to our listeners. And thank you again, Lee, for joining me on 15 with Fosca. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I hope we'll be able to do this again very soon. Thanks again, everyone. Grazie mille ancora e a presto.